Just Man's the Podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Mans. Welcome back to another podcast. If you guys are new here and this is the first time you're hearing my voice, go ahead over to my introduction podcast, the first episode, just so you guys can get a sense of who I am and you can kind of gauge what this podcast is going to be about. It'll give you a little more context into today's episode as well. So today's episode is going to be all about how to heal your relationship with food. This is a request that I got quite a while ago on Instagram DMs actually from one of my followers who was like, hey, I think a really interesting YouTube video at the time I was doing more YouTube. She was like, I think that an interesting topic would be how you developed a healthy relationship with food and fitness. And so here we are. If you guys ever have any requests, any topics that you guys want me to talk about, definitely slide into my DMs on Instagram and let me know. Before we get into the episode today, let me just tell you guys the morning I had. So it's Saturday. I'm recording this on a Saturday. I usually wake up around 7.38, depending on whether I'm having a morning workout. Today, I slept until 9. I woke up. I took a cold shower. I walked outside and walked the dogs. It was a beautiful morning, probably like 45 degrees, which is really nice when it's February in Colorado. And then brought the dogs back. I made myself a piece of toast with vegan butter. It's Mikoyo's. I don't even know how to how to pronounce it, but it's it's the one that starts with an M. It's the best butter I've ever had in my life. So I had a piece of toast with butter on it, and then I went on a nice thirty minute walk. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna treat myself to a gluten free vegan donut. So I got in my car and I went to this place called Beatbox in Denver and I got a gluten-free vegan chocolate walnut donut and an oat milk latte. And uh, you guys, I'm sorry if I'm a little jazzed up and a little excited, maybe a little, I talk a little fast because this is the first time I've had coffee in, I don't know, probably three weeks. I don't know. I was just giving it a break. Last time I had it, it kind of made my stomach hurt. So yeah, first time I drank coffee in three weeks, and I feel a little jittery. I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but I just... Coffee is great for me for the first, like, 30 minutes that I consume it. And then after, like, the first hour, I'm, like, wired, like, kind of paranoid. It's just weird. I get, like, so bad, such bad anxiety from it. Anyway, I had a lovely morning, and I felt like sharing that with you guys. Let's just get right into this topic for today. Wait. Before we get into the episode for today, I need to tell you guys about a coffee that I've been loving that doesn't make me feel jittery or wired or full of anxiety, and that is Before You Speak. You guys, this is everything I want in a coffee. It's convenient, delicious, and full of health benefits. Their sachets are high-performance, premium instant coffee infused with superfoods. They have two products, the One OG, which is gluten, dairy-free, keto, paleo, vegan, and 100% natural, all of the things. It includes turmeric to reduce inflammation, MCT oils to improve mental clarity, green bean extract to support fat loss, and Siberian ginseng to avoid the caffeine crash and jitters. I had no idea I needed Siberian ginseng in my life, but this is legit a game changer. 
The Glow Series is packed with collagen, is gluten dairy free, and helps to promote healthier skin and nails. They're both sweetened with stevia to keep it natural and free of artificial sweeteners. Personally, my favorite flavor is the Glow Mocha, but the Caramel One OG is just as delicious. Both of their coffees can be brewed either hot or cold, which makes it so convenient. Literally, all you do is just get hot water or cold water, tear the sachet open, pour it in, and stir. You guys, everything about this brand is a win for me. Their coffee was designed to be consumer-friendly and easily usable wherever you are in the world, making it it an easy grab-and-go option. Before You Speak aims to help you get more out of your day, to keep you caffeinated so that you can focus on getting shit done. Guys, this is the coffee I love. This is the coffee you need. This is the coffee you've been seeing on my Instagram. So head over to us.beforeyouspeakcoffee.com to order some coffee of your own and use my code AMANDA to get 10% off your purchase. Again, that is us.beforeyouspeakcoffee.com with code AMANDA for 10% off your order. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to start by saying I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I just am speaking from personal experience. You'll find that a lot of the topics that I talk about, especially in the health and wellness and fitness category on this podcast are going to be just personal experience. So please don't take this as Bible. Definitely talk to a doctor if you guys have any questions about nutrition or health just safer. Um, But I felt like sharing my experience and how I healed my own relationship with food. And yeah, let's just get right into it. So I got into health and fitness, I guess at a pretty young age. My mom was always really into it. She would walk a lot and she had almond milk in the kitchen instead of regular milk and just other healthy alternatives to foods. So I was introduced to it around high school. But I never really focused on nutrition in high school. I ate whatever I want. I was always an athlete. I did two sports every year. I did club volleyball. I did track. I loved sports. Um, And that's kind of how I got into fitness, I would say, around ninth, 10th grade. I would start to run before school or on the weekends. And I just fell in love with running because I did track and I loved track. So... My introduction to health and fitness was through starting to run and doing track workouts, but I, again, I never touched the nutrition aspect. I was always a healthier, healthier eater, especially because my mom made a lot of my meals and they were healthy, but yeah, again, I was a 16-year-old kid who was enjoying Froyo every night and just having fun with my friends. I would say my relationship with health and fitness started to get toxic probably around freshman year of college. I wasn't as active. I was drinking every weekend and I was just figuring myself out as an individual. And I think everyone does this freshman year of college. I think you should do this freshman year of college. But for me, I started to feel really bloated and gassy and constipated all the time. And I started to gain weight. And I really didn't like it. It was unfamiliar to me. I was always really thin and really, again, like I said, active. So this was just new territory for me. I was in college in a new place with new friends. And I just had all this new things happening to my body. And it was just, it kind of freaked me out. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I had a full-blown eating disorder because that's not fair to people who actually have full-blown eating disorders. But one of the things that I did struggle with a lot was binge eating. 
and I would binge eat when I was emotional or I would overeat and then all of those things started to turn into yo-yo dieting to kind of combat the binge eating. So those are the things that I struggled with and that's kind of how the toxicity in my relationship with health and fitness manifested itself. It was really isolating and really frustrating and I would eat when I was sad or I'd restrict and then I would feel dizzy and tired and just not be able to function or even go to the gym because I was restricting. It was sort of just one extreme to the other. I would do a low calorie diet and then I would do paleo and then I would do keto and then I would do another low calorie diet and then I would drink on the weekends so I would be eating all of the things that I restricted myself from. So it just wasn't a good sustainable and stable relationship. I started to deal with a lot of anxiety around this time just because my relationship with food took me out of the present moment and just prohibited me from enjoying myself with friends. I wouldn't go out as much. I would only eat certain things so I couldn't go to places with my friends. I vividly remember one time being in the dorms and feeling so bad about myself because I was feeling bloated and gassy after a meal coming back from the dining hall and I was just so frustrated and upset that I ate like three nature valley bars that I stole from my roommate so sorry Julia or Michaela I don't even remember which one of you guys had these nature valley bars above the fridge but I stole like three and I ate them all because I don't know my mind was in a place where it was like I feel like shit, but I want to do something that's going to make me feel better, quote unquote, make me feel better. Super counterintuitive, but yeah, I like ate to cope with my emotions. So because I was feeling like shit, I just ate more, which spoiler alert, isn't the best way to go about things. Another thing that I really remember was feeling really upset about something. I don't even remember what it was anymore, but one night of my freshman year, I remember being super emotional. Something happened that maybe it was with my boyfriend or something, but I was so emotional. My roommate was just like, let's go get some goodies, like some treats, and then we'll come back and watch a movie. So we got like, me me being in the place that I was, it wasn't like, okay, let's get some cookies or some ice cream and we'll call it a day or like popcorn. I was so restrictive to where like, my quote-unquote treats was like rice cakes and peanut butter or fruit and health like healthy alternatives I guess to junk food but the thing is and the thing that I realized later is doesn't matter if you're eating healthy food or junk food if you're overeating and eating too much you're gonna feel like shit I think there's this narrative that we're told as women that when we're sad or we're upset or we're frustrated or we're angry or something happens or we go through a breakup that we can just eat ice cream and it'll make us feel better but I think we need to stop normalizing that because that's not a good way to learn how to cope with your emotions because you're not coping with your emotions when you're just eating them (laughs) like maybe let's just tell people if you're going through something let's talk about it go on a walk with a friend and get your emotions out cry you don't have to stuff your face (laughs) I mean if you want some ice cream when you're feeling like shit like have a bite or two, but I'm telling you, binge eating and just eating way too much is not going to make you feel better. So freshman year was a lot of binge eating, yo-yo dieting, and this relationship with food lasted probably from my freshman year of college to 
like second semester of my junior year of college. And even when I started losing weight after my first semester of junior year, I still wasn't in a good place with food because I was restricting and I was dieting and I was eating lower calorie to get the weight off. And it's so tricky because while the scientific like proven way to lose weight is to eat in a calorie deficit while that rings true it's also really detrimental for people who have had a history of not having a good relationship with food and having a restrictive mindset and dieting and just being food obsessed it's it's not a good way to go about it so that's where i was it wasn't it wasn't good for me in my mind at the time And like I said, all of these behaviors with food, like the food obsession, the binge eating, the overeating, the eating my emotions, the dieting, all of that really was just isolating. And I remember feeling super hopeless. Like one day I called my my best friend, shout out Abby Harley. She's always been there for me to just pick up the phone at any given moment of the day and just rant. So you're the best, Abby. Actually, um, side note, I'm going to have her on the podcast really, really soon. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I remember calling her one day, again, freshman year of college, and being like, I am so lost. I don't even remember what it feels like to have a hunger cue. And I feel so hopeless. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to go throughout the day and not think about food. Or I don't think I'm ever going to be able to stop binge eating. And it was just a really, really low moment that just feels like shit. And I look back and I'm like, damn, I was in such an obsessive mindset and I was legit letting food control my life. This relationship with food that I developed also really impacted my mood. I mean, there's so many studies that say your gut is your second brain. So when you're overeating or binge eating and you're not treating your gut kindly, you're gonna have you know, anxiety and depression and be really low and be irritable. And that's how I felt. I remember coming back from my freshman year in the summer and I broke up with my boyfriend that that summer because I was just in such a low place. I didn't like myself anymore because I had been struggling with body image and food fear and food obsession. And it just was taking up like every capacity of my mind. And I couldn't give myself to my boy, my now boyfriend, shout out Lucas. Um, I couldn't give my, my full self to him because I had lost myself in the midst of all of my toxicity with health and fitness. After I transferred freshman year and went to Boulder my sophomore year, the relationship with food didn't get any better. I think it got worse because I was still gaining weight and it was because I was drinking all the time. But this is where I got to the point where I was like, I don't even care that I'm drinking because I feel like I'm never going to be able to lose weight or I'm never going to be able to get to a good place with food that I just don't even care. So I'm just going to drink countless amounts of beer and let it do whatever it does to my body. I remember I'd go out like three times a week. I would drunk eat. There was, (laughs) this is so embarrassing. There was a time where I woke up one morning and I saw like a bowl of salad and then a bowl of cereal sitting next to my bed. I completely blacked out the night before. I full on made a salad at like 1 a.m., cut up the veggies, cut up the lettuce, like everything. 
I made a salad at like 1 a.m. and then poured cereal and it was just sitting like on my bedside table and I remember the smell and it was just so gross and I like remember waking up and being like something's got to change like this is not a good lifestyle to live because I just didn't care I was just drinking to take my mind off of the way that I felt about my body and my fitness and just the way that I looked Junior year of college was when it really all started to change. And I think the biggest turning point for me was that I just got tired. Like I legit just got so exhausted of feeling like shit. I didn't want to miss out on doing things at night or going to the bars with my friends or even just feeling good at volleyball practice at night when I would play volleyball or just doing things at night I didn't want to miss out on that because I had ate too much at dinner and I felt like shit because of it I was just it wasn't serving me anymore and then I think the other big turning point was I started doing Orange Theory and this was the first time since high school that I really felt strong and competitive and empowered again and it challenged me and it pushed me and it felt good to perform and improve. And I haven't talked much about fitness throughout this whole thing, but when I was struggling with my relationship with food, it was hard to go to the gym because I didn't have anybody motivating me and I was so used to that. I was so used to in high school going to 6 a.m. workouts or practice after school and having a coach there push me. When I was going to the gym by myself in college, I wasn't, I was not motivated. No one gives a shit if you're at the gym or not in college. And yeah, I just, I couldn't find it in me to push myself really hard to go all out on the treadmill or lift a bunch of weight. Finding that motivation was just hard. So a community group fitness class like Orange Theory really, really helped turn my whole outlook on health and fitness around. I started to shift my priorities from eating and working out to look a certain way to eating and working out to feel a certain way. I no longer wanted to be skinny or have a flat stomach. I legit just wanted to be faster than all of the boys in the class and be able to do a bicep curl with like 15 dumbbells in each hand. That's literally what I shifted my perspective to was to performing better and eating to perform better instead of eating to look good and look better if that makes any sense so yeah I know it sounds so simple but I think I healed my relationship with food by just getting tired of feeling like shit and discovering a fitness routine and a workout class that really brought me a sense of community made me feel empowered made me feel strong and made me feel energetic and it made me want to heal and sustain my relationship with food so that I could perform to my highest potential and function on a day-to-day basis and just be able to be be and give my 100% self to everyone that I'm around and everything that I do. I also know how it feels like it was yesterday to be in a shitty place with food and feel stuck and I don't want to go back there. Yeah, I still have those moments where maybe I'm thinking about food all day or I'm counting calories in my head if I ate a lot or 
just obsessing or having food fear. I still have those moments, but I've finally developed these tools that I can use to move myself forward and get myself out of those mindsets when I have them. And I think we all need to have those tools in our back pocket because I think a lot of women struggle with this and it sucks. So that's what I want to do today. I told you guys my whole health and fitness journey and now I want to tell you guys how you can heal your relationship with food because if you're listening to this and any of what I said about my personal experience resonates with you, you're in a shitty place with food right now, you feel stuck, you feel hopeless, I've been there and I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be for forever. So just know that you're not alone. It will get better. And now I'm going to share a few tips and a few tools, like I said, that really helped me when I was kind of in the thick of it. So the first tip I have to healing your relationship with food and fitness is to get busy. Whenever I felt like I wanted to eat because I was bored or I felt tempted to overeat, I would literally just call a friend. Just pick up the phone, call a friend, be like, hey, I'm really struggling right now and I just want to talk. Just distract yourself. And you don't even need to tell your friend what you're struggling about. Just get your mind off of it. Get your mind off of yourself and your own struggles and get into somebody else's head. It really helps. If you don't want to call a friend, you can always just go for a walk or get involved with activities. I did club volleyball and it really, really helped to keep me... <laughs> this sounds so silly, but it really helped to keep me out of the kitchen. Like When you're in a, in a point of your life and a mindset where all you think about is food and you have a bad relationship with it, you find yourself in the kitchen a lot more than you want to be in there. So yeah, I mean, just getting outside and getting involved in activities and that just helped me tremendously. Tip number two is remind yourself that food will always be there. I realized later that a lot of my issues and a lot of what caused my binge eating or my overeating was this subconscious fear or feeling that if I didn't finish my plate, I wasn't going to have food for like forever. It's kind of like a primal feeling where you're like, oh my gosh, this is the last meal I'll ever have in my life. Like you you want to keep eating because you're scared that it's never going to be there. But I think for most people, the, that's not the case. That's not the reality. You're always going to have food on the table. And so literally telling yourself, okay, this food is here right now and that's great, but this food is also going to be here tomorrow. I think that really helps to not overeat. I would legit tell myself like, okay, I could eat this now, but I could also eat it later or I could also eat it tomorrow. And when I gave myself those options and just did other things instead of focus on the fact that I wanted to eat something, it it just helped a lot to like get my mind off of it. The third tip is to reevaluate your why. So this is kind of referring to what I said earlier about I changed the way that I thought about health and fitness from uh, I want to look a certain way to I want to feel a certain way. And I think if you're wanting to develop a healthy relationship with food or you're not having a healthy relationship with food because you're so concerned about what you look like, if you're skinny enough, if you're thin enough, if you're curvy enough, if you have a big enough butt, like if you're thinking superficially about your body image, I'm telling you, you're never going to fix your relationship with food because the only way that you're going to want to change is 
to improve how you're feeling. I mean, nobody wants to feel like shit. I know I've said it so many times, but like it's true. Everybody wants to feel good. So shift your focus from looking a certain way to feeling a certain way and it your whole perspective on it will change. Tip number four is to listen to your body. If you're in the thick of whether it's an eating disorder or just food obsession or food fear, if you're in the thick of that, listening to your body is so, so, so hard. And it seems like such an obvious, simple thing to do, but it's not. I promise you, if you make an effort to make this a conscious thing and really challenge yourself maybe for a week to listen to your body, and what I mean is if you wake up in the morning and you're not hungry, don't eat. I'm sure you'll be hungry in 30 minutes to an hour, but just wait until you get that that rumbling in your stomach and it's growling and it's telling you you want to eat. It's telling you I'm hungry because learning those hunger cues will really help you understand what your body needs at any given point. Like if you're hungry, your stomach's going to growl. If you're full, you're going to feel full. So learning to listen to my body cues again really, really helped with not overeating and eating when I was actually hungry and not just because I was bored and didn't want to do anything else. (laughs) And the fifth and final tip is you have to have gratitude, you have to have kindness, and you have to have patience. Let's not think about food for a second. Be grateful for the things that you have in your life. Be grateful for your friends, the support system around you, your family. Be grateful for your job, your dog, the roof that's over your head. Be grateful for all of the things that you do have in your life and the things that are making you happy in your life. It just helps to put things into perspective. And then be kind to yourself. I mean, a lot of my toxic behavior with food, I look back on it and I was like, I wasn't being kind to myself because I was eating to the point that I felt sick. That's not being kind to your body. That's not being kind to your mind. You're not setting yourself up for success. So be kind to yourself. And then you got to have patience. For me, I was in a bad place with food and fitness for like three years. So that's not going to just fix itself overnight. I, I needed to develop the tools. I needed to learn the skills and I needed to kind of rewire my mind a little bit so it took me like I would say six months to a year to really really get to a place where I'm not thinking about food constantly I can eat something and not feel guilty about it I can work out and not feel weighted down because I ate too much it takes time and if you're not patient with patient with yourself you're not gonna fix it because you're just gonna feel discouraged and you're just gonna get down on yourself. Don't prohibit yourself from achieving success because you're impatient. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry if you can hear the dogs downstairs. They're going ballistic. I don't know why they're barking so much. So there you have it, guys. That is my personal experience with health and fitness and my relationship with it. And then five tangible tips that you guys can take and apply to your life. And again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I just... Wanted to share the things that helped me heal my relationship and I hope that they help you with your relationship with food and fitness too. I guess the last thing that I do want to say is I think it's really sad that so many women struggle with food and struggle with fitness and just preoccupy their minds with shit that doesn't matter. Like if you think about it, food and fitness is not the end all be all. It's It's got to be about your family, your friends, the other things in life that make you happy, your passions. 
going out and and seeing the world. Like those are the things that matter. I think as women, we need to stop the diet talk. We need to stop the food talk. Like I love sharing my plates and the meals that I make or food that I got on the weekend or I like I love posting about food but at the same time I think the whole what I eat in a day what I eat in a day to lose weight all this shit that needs to stop because that messes with people's minds and it's just too much not all women are the same not all bodies are the same and not everything's gonna work for everyone so I think we need to stop focusing on this narrative of this is what you need to do to look a certain way and this is what you need to do to be this kind of woman. And when it's like, why can't we all just focus on something else other than how women look? I don't know. This is very much a rant, but it's just kind of frustrating because I'm like, how did I fall into a bad relationship with food because I was such a happy person? I mean, I am now. I'm I'm, I'm great now, guys. But um. I was such a happy person when I fell into this and I loved life and I loved exploring and I loved having fun and going out and seeing the world and not missing out and being social. But when I developed a bad relationship with food, those things left and I just look back and I'm like, how did that happen? And it's like, oh, because I was listening to what society was telling me and because I wasn't thin anymore, because I didn't have the figure that I had in high school, I wasn't valued as much. And that's so shitty so if you're a woman and you're going through that same feeling i'm here for you you are not alone and i really hope that these tips and my experience that i shared can resonate with you and and just help you out because ultimately that's what i want out of this podcast is for us to connect and for us to relate and for us to just share tips on how to improve and how to grow as a human so that was a lot. I think I'm going to end the podcast here. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Again, if you ever have anything you want to talk to me about, just reach out to me on Instagram. And if you do have any other topic requests, again, slide into my DMs on Instagram. That's like my most prominent and like the most active social media platform that I use. So yeah, you can find me there. It's at JustMans. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.